Hallelujah. I don't know about you this morning. I'm just overwhelmed in the presence of God. Do y'all? Anybody else experiencing that this morning? It's just about takes your breath away. So God is so good. He's so good. He's so good. I want to say we're happy to have Felicia's family with us this morning. I'm glad you're here. Amen. Glad to have John and Jessica back with us. We sure miss them when they're gone. They've been really, really bad sick. But they're here, praise God, that they're here. And uh, just not the same without you guys. I just want you to know that. Hallelujah. Amen. It would be easy to preach a message on fear this morning, and that's what I did. <laughs> not because uh, it, it was just an uh, easy thing to do, but it just the Lord laid it on my heart. And not, I just want to be very very careful how I bring this message this morning. As David was alluding to, we need to be cautious and we need to be smart and we need to be wise. And, and so this has nothing to do with that, but it has to do with panic. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. There's a good fear and there's a bad fear. Yeah. And so I, I want to talk about fear versus faith. And this is not so much about disease. So it's really about your call and your potential in God. And uh, so, if you have your Bibles, I, I would like for you to turn to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. Uh, we are living in an age today where fear is just all around us. And in fact, before the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, one of the, one of the signs of His coming, there's going to be fear all over. The fear of uncertainty, the the unknown. And fear is a destructive tool of Satan that snares many people and robs them of their destiny in God. Fear will paralyze you. It will absolutely lock you up, steal from you, take your joy, take your peace. And the enemy's thought behind that, if he can put you in fear, he will keep you from your destiny. Every one of us here are living, we're breathing because God has a destiny for us. He has a purpose for our life. <laughs> Amen. I, I promise you here today, uh, because you have a purpose and a destiny in, life, destiny in life, that Satan cannot just arbitrarily do anything to you. Hallelujah. God's plan will be performed in your life. So um, I want to say it's not the giants. Um, that cause us to lose battle in, the, in, our, in our life, it's the fear of giants. Amen. Amen? It's not that trouble that's robbing you, it's the fear of that trouble. I believe it was FDR who said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Fear is a robber, it's a liar, it's a cheater. It, it's not God's will. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. 
and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. And they gave the people, or the children of Israel, a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. It is strange to me and uh, funny in a way how two groups of people can look at one event and come out with two different conclusions of that event. Isn't it something? You have 10 spies that come out of there and their report is a bad report. All they could focus in on was the giants in the land and the walled cities and their heart was filled with fear because of that and two came back with a good report they both saw the same thing they saw a land that was flowing with milk and honey which means it was a fertile land it was a good land everything was great and their focus was on that the two the two spies Joshua and Caleb and it seemed like it didn't affect them with the fact that there are giants in that land. There's an impossibility in that land because they saw the goodness of God. Every one of us here has, has an opportunity every day of our life to see the goodness of God or see the troubles that are in life. But God is good. Amen. Joshua and Caleb knew the Lord. They, 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 I believe they were remembering how God brought them out of, of Egypt delivered them by a strong and mighty hand through ten wonders that he performed over Egypt. And when they came out of Egypt and they were facing the Red Sea, I believe they remembered how God had parted the waters, how God took an impossible situation and turned it around. How God had called water out of the rock. How God had rained manna down from heaven, miracle after miracle after miracle. And I believe they remembered that, but it's, it's, it's interesting to me how... It seems like more people will want to get on the boat of fear than on the boat of faith. Isn't it? It's a wonder to me that 10 of the 12 come back with a negative report and only two come with a good report. And on top of that, the nation of Israel did not follow Joshua and Caleb's example. They followed the 10 spies. They believed their reports. And the Bible says they cried and they wailed. We're, we're you know, all this, all this sad victimization kind of stuff and I want to tell you that's that's the way it is in the world today more people will gravitate towards fear and victimization and trouble than those who will say you know what I know what God's word says I know who I am in Christ I am not a victim I'm a victor this is not an impossible situation this is a situation for a miracle to happen in Jesus name amen how many of us are looking for miracles Hallelujah. We need to be looking for miracles. Our God is a God of miracles. 
But faith will lock you up, victimize you, and keep you there. Hallelujah. But God says, I've come to free you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We go to, in the same book, to chapter 14, the next chapter over, verse 24. God says this about Caleb. He says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. The Bible says that God looked at Caleb and spoke about him, that he has a different spirit and he followed the Lord fully. I believe this, this is a prerequisite to great faith. You got to follow the Lord fully. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I want to say on the flip side of that, fear comes by hearing and hearing a bad report over and over again. You can turn on the news and your heart can be filled with fear. Everybody's sick. Everybody's dying. Let's lock up the doors. Again, I, I don't want to. We've got to be smart about things. But I am telling you, there's some people that are panicked. And this is not of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. More people will gravitate towards fear than faith. That's a sad, sad, sad statement. Go with me, if you would, to 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8. 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. One of my, I had to tell you, besides Jesus, of course, <laughs> one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is David. I love the life of David. And what I love about his life is that he was not a good guy a lot of times. <laughs> Come on, he was a murderer, he was an adulterer, he did some bad, bad stuff. And yet his heart was repented towards the Lord and God, God says, this is a man after my own heart. What I love about that is we may not do things perfectly, but if we got a heart that is tender before God and repentant before God, that's the heart that God is looking for. Amen. Amen. And so this is a story about David's mighty men. And I love this. It's verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. And my goodness, here we go. I'm go <laughs> Yosheb Beshabeth. Sorry, Beshabeth. I hope I didn't hurt your name here. The Tuckamanite. Okay, I'm just going to skip over. He killed 800 people at once. Okay. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. I'm sorry, my day Dodo was not a good thing. Anyway, he was, he was the son of Dodo. The Ohoahite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines, who were gathered there for a battle, and the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. I want to stop here. There's three men here. I want to talk about two of them. The, the first one doesn't have much uh, details, but these, these last two, 
does. This Eleazar evidently got tired of the enemy coming in and stealing from them. And the Bible says that he, he stood up and defied the, the, the Philistines. And he went out into the battlefield with the sword. And he used that sword and he clung to that sword until his hand began to be stuck to that sword. Now the sword talks in, in, in the New Testament talks, talks about the word of God, does it not? The word of God is a two-edged sword. And I was reading, I believe it was in Isaiah 49.2 this morning, where the Bible says that our mouth is a two-edged sword. It is. Out of the mouth comes life and death, blessing and cursing. And so here is Eleazar. He comes to the battle. And how many know this is an impossible situation? There are probably thousands that he is fighting. And yet, and the Bible says the other Israelites retreated. Retreated because most people get into the fear boat. They forget who they are in Christ and they run away. They get in fear. But you've got a man that stands up and says, I know my God. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. I know God is my Father. I know I've got a purpose and a plan in God. Hallelujah. I'm going to get back what the devil's been stealing from me. Come on down. And so he stands up. Sometimes you just got to show up for the battle. You just got to, because the Bible says the battle is not ours. It is God's battle. Amen. All he expects us to do is get out, step out by faith, get onto the battlefield and just sling the word of God back and forth. And God will take care of the rest. Hallelujah. This is why we got to get into the Word of God. This is why we got to study the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God. Because when the Word of God comes out of your mouth, it comes out as a sword devouring your enemy in Jesus' name. As I said last week, there's times we got to stop begging God, get rid of a beggar's thing, and say, you know what? God's given me His Word. The Word is a sword in my hand. I'm going to start using it in the name of Jesus. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The weapons of our warfare are not, not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are, there are times we, we, try to, we, we try to speak to things in our own strength, but this is what we speak. We speak word of God and the Bible says his word will not return void but it will accomplish what he is he has sent it to do God's word will never ever ever fail we may have to wait on it once in a time and again but his word will never ever ever fail his word is living hallelujah his word is living praise God and so here is Eleazar He's standing on the battlefield, and he's doing what he knows to do, just sling the sword. Just sling the sword. There are some problems that are in our life. We don't know what to do. It's too big for us. It is an impossible situation. But God says, just show up on the battlefield. Just begin to speak my word over your, over your situation. And you may be like Eleazar. You may start getting a little tired with it. But just keep holding on to that word. Begin to keep speaking that word, and that thing will begin to change around. Because God's word will not return void. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read verse 10 again. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary. You may be weary here today. (laughs) 
But keep speaking. Keep speaking. Keep saying to your mountain. Jesus says, say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about, who brought about the, the victory? The Lord. Eleazar just showed up with the sword in his hand, didn't want you to do, but it's God who brings the victory. It is God who brings the results. All we got to do is step out by faith. Verse 11. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. Again, what do we see again? The people fled from the Philistines. The people are afraid. I could, I, I could actually probably spend hours here in the Word of God, as we read through the Word of God, where, where great men of faith stood up and the other people around him retreated in fear. David was another man when he faced Goliath. Remember the story? He went to bring food to his brother and uh, he heard the Goliath come out and, and do all his threatenings. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of God? And his brother heard that and basically said, I'm paraphrasing, who do you think you are, David? I know you. You're a proud, insolent man. <laughs> and, and he said, he says, once you get back to those few sheep that you've been watching, it's in your Bible. Once you get back there, he's, he's belittling him and accusing him. And this is what happens, church. This is what happens. When you stand up in faith over something, there will be your brothers and your sisters many times, and certainly the world, that will begin to berate you and begin to accuse you and say, you are nuts. You think God's going to do that when you know all the time God said he would do that. Come on. And this is what happened to David. His brother was accusing him. You're arrogant. Who do you think you are? And David, David's response to him was, what have I done? <laughs> In other words, man, I'm just believing God. David, you know, let's, let's, let's just go back here a minute. David was a man after God's own heart and and. As he was watching sheep, many times he would write songs. He met the Lord out there watching the sheep. In fact, the Bible says there he, would, he killed the bear. He killed the lion. He experienced the power of God. He had fellowship with God. And so when he comes to this scene here where you have Philistines on one side and, and God's people on the other side, there was something in him that just could not take that. Okay? It was a righteous indignation. Like, how dare the enemy... Do this to the people of God. Have you ever got there in your life where it seems like the enemy's been stealing from you, trying to put you in fear, and all of a sudden you had a wake-up moment says, how dare the enemy put me in this situation? I'm a child of God. How dare he? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of God? And praise God, I'm in the army. Are you in the army? Yes. Hallelujah. And so... So that's the scene David comes and he hears this threatening and he just can't take it anymore and he's got to do something. He says, well, what will be done to the person that, that, that will defeat Goliath? What's going to be done for him? And what was it? He don't have to pay taxes anymore. He gets the king's daughter for wife and hopefully she's good looking. I don't know. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I think about these things. <laughs> um, 
There was something else. But anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. You had to get a part of the kingdom. And uh, so it's like, wow, what's wrong with you fellows here? That, you know, we're the army of God. And if whoever defeats this person, man, they no more taxes. They get a wife, hopefully beautiful, and everything's great. And yet the, they, they wouldn't be moved off that. And David's thinking, man, I hit the jackpot today. <laughs> Amen. I just walked right into a miracle. And this brings me to a point here. Sometimes oh, God will bring you right to a miracle. It won't look like a miracle at the time because it's going to be fear and faith. You're going to have a battle in your mind. But God's brought you to that point to show you a miracle and to bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Philistines had gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, so the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Imagine this. Now, here in the South, we'd call it a pea patch, okay? So I'm, I'm a southern guy. Here, this man, he goes into the middle of the pea patch, and he is tired of the enemy coming and stealing their harvest. He is tired because it's not only stealing their food, but it also represents their work. Somebody had to sow those fields. Somebody had to work those fields. And there was great anticipation of a harvest come. But as soon as it was time to harvest, here comes the enemy coming in and taking it all. And this man stands up and says, you know what? I'm tired of this. Come on. We have to get a spirit with us and say, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. I'm a child of the living God. Come on. I'm in the army of God. I am highly favored as his child. There is blessings to being a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have an inheritance with the Father. He loves us. He's a blesser and he wants to bless us. But the enemy wants to steal from us. And God will allow us to, to get to that point in life where the enemy is stealing from us. Not that the enemy is stealing from us, but he wants us to stand up and know war and know that we are victorious in war. Read about the, the Israelites as they came out of, out of Egypt. The Lord, they could, have, they could have got into the promised land a lot quicker, but the Bible says they did not know war, and God had to teach them. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. Come on now. There is a war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So just because you're facing a battle, don't you get down and out about it. You need to be happy and rejoice because you're about to win. You're about to get a victory because not only do you get the victory, but you get the spoils of war besides. Amen, Brother Scott. I love the word. He stationed himself. He just plopped right there in the middle of that, that field and says, no, 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 no. This is going to end today. This is going to end today. It may have been, you know what, if I die here, I die here. But I don't think it was that. I believe 
he knew that this belonged to, the, to him and the Israelites. And how dare the enemy take it anymore? Amen? He stationed himself. He stationed himself. I want to say to you, you could be pitiful or you could be powerful, but you can't be both. You can have faith or you can have fear, but you can't have both. I don't know about you. I choose faith in God. Hallelujah. Looking at the things which are not seen. Looking at things which are, praise God, with the things which are not seen because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you go back, if you, if you remember back in the stories here, when the children of Israel, the, the ten spies came back, the Bible says that we saw, we saw the giants in the land. We saw that we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and in their sight. They saw. But faith that looks beyond that, faith sees, but faith sees how big God is. Faith sees how... His word never fails. And I want to give you three foundations of faith. And it's, they're all rooted in one. That's the word of God. But the first thing I want you to know is your, your, the foundation of your faith is you've got to know who you are. David knew who he was. Shaman knew who he was. Eleazar knew who he was. Joshua and Caleb knew who they were. Hallelujah. You got to know that you are a child of the Most High God. He is your Father. He is watching over you. You got to know that today. You got to know that He loves you. Hallelujah. Number two, you got to know that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life, and nothing can stop that plan when it's God's plan. I want to give you a few verses on this because I think about this a lot, actually. Psalm 139.16 says this. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Think about that for a moment. Before you were even born, God said, I, I've, already, I've already ordained your days. That tells me there's nothing to take me out of this life before God says so. Are people fearful of dying? I don't have, I'm telling you, God knows my heart. I don't have one fear of dying. If I die tomorrow, I want you to know that God, it's because God says, Scott, your, your job on this earth is finished. It's time to come home. And you just rejoice with me because I tell you what, I, I, I love to dance. I can't dance worth a lick. But when I get to heaven, I'm going to be dancing all over the place. Look me up when I get up there. When you get up there. <laughs> Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Some people, think when they think of heaven, well, you know, I, I kind of like it here on earth. But, man, when I read about heaven, I get excited. Woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. 
And these, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What's Jesus saying? He says, when you begin to perform the great commission and you do what I've called you to do and preach the gospel, you will take up serpents. Serpents, they are meant to kill you. How many remember the story in Acts chapter 28 where Paul, after they had been shipwrecked and they floated on an island called Malta, and there they built a fire. And as, as um, Paul was taking a, a, a piece of wood, a snake come up out of that thing and... and fastened on his hand and the bible says he just shook it off <laughs> he just shook it off some of us got to just shake it off the enemy will bite he is he is a viper he is a serpent he will certainly try but you just shake it off and say i still got a purpose in god my job on this earth is not yet done hallelujah then the enemy thinks he can take me out but he cannot do it brother i'm telling you that will kill fear every time if you are worried sick about dying from disease and you, and you know you still got a plan from God, don't you worry about that. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many believe God's word? Amen. I'm going to show you another one on this one. John chapter 19, verse 10. John chapter 19, verse 10. This is when Jesus was standing before Pilate and he was about to be crucified. How many of them tried to take Jesus out several times, but they could not do it? Yeah. Only when it was time. Then Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Now, did you get that? You think you have power over me, Pilate, but you don't have power over me. Oh, it's only given to you because it's time. It was the purpose of God. It's the purpose of the Father. And I'm here to tell you today, you can take comfort in that. Nothing can take you out if you still got a purpose in God. And some of you got dreams in your heart. God has put things in your heart. You've got prophetic words over you that have yet to be fulfilled. And, and nothing is going to take you out before that's fulfilled in your life. Amen. Amen. Number three. Third foundation of faith. We're, we're wrapping this up now. Know the word of God and speak it. If you want faith that moves mountains, you got to, first of all, know who you are. you got to know that God has a plan for your life and nothing can take you out. And number three, you got to know the word and you got to speak it. You, got, you can't think it. This is very important. You just can't think it. You just can't say, oh, I know the Lord loves me and I know he's got a plan for my life. I, I, know, that, I know that the Lord is my healer. No, you got to speak it out. you got to say, and he sent his word <laughs> and he healed me. And delivered me from all destruction. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Who forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. you got to say, by his stripes I am healed. 
I know what my eyes see and I know what my body feels, but I also know what the Word of God says. And I know that God's not finished with me, so I speak the Word of God over my situation. You know, one great thing, we live in a great age today. You could go on the Internet and say you're struggling with fear. You could Google it and say, Scriptures on fear. Get all the Scriptures. And not only just read them, begin to declare it over your life. I mean, begin to prophesy, declare it over your life. Even begin to memorize it. The Word has power. The Word has power. I have found this more effect. I used to, you know, when I thought the enemy was attacking me, I would say, I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you, devil. But I, I got, one day the Lord showed me, Saint, uh, Jesus, when Satan came to tempt him, Jesus didn't say, I rebuke you. He used the word of God against him. Amen. After, after, after he used the word of God, then he says, I rebuke you. But it was the word of God. This word has power. I'm telling you, the devil hates this this morning. This word has power. <laughs> Hallelujah. This word has power. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Come on. From the very creation, God showed us there's power in words. You say, well, that's God. Who are you? You're God's child. You're God's child. <laughs> Jesus says, say to the mountain. He didn't say, beg the mountain, mountain, would you please just be cast in the sea? He says, say, say. He said, well, I've said it, but it just, it just it doesn't move out of the way. Remember Shama. You stand there. You may get weary, but you stand there. And you keep wielding the sword. You keep wielding it. You keep wielding it. You keep, hallelujah, you keep slinging, sling it, sling it, sling it, sling it, sling it. Hallelujah. The word of God will not return void. There's another thing about faith. Faith has to be persistent. Sometimes we think, well, if I got faith, that thing's going to move automatically and real quickly. Sometimes you just got to keep on keeping on. <laughs> you just got to keep saying the word of God. There's many stories on that also in the word of God. So I want to end with this. This is kind of a simple thing, but I, I was praying in the office, and the Lord showed me a, a harbor or a port. I'm not a boat person. I just saw water with boats <laughs> there docked. And I saw two boats in, in my spirit. And the Lord says, there's two, two boats that I bring you to. It's, there's, it's a boat called Fear. And there's a boat called faith. It says most people will pick the fear boat because it seems like that's the safe boat. And there's more people going into that boat. And it seems, you know, it seems like if, if everybody else is doing it, why not, not me too? Must be something going right there if everybody else is going right. Not in the Word of God. <laughs> the faith boat, you understand that there are giants out there. And you understand that there's storms out there that it's not so rosy. Do you hear me? Because it requires the just shall walk by faith and not by sight. And he says, you've got to choose which boat you're going to get on. You're going to go with the crowd? You're going to go with what seems to be safe and which really is, is deception itself. It's not safe. 
Actually, the most safest place you can be is on the faith boat. God will never fail you. God will never, ever fail you. It's going to require courage. Much courage. That God will never, ever fail you. And I want to ask you today, which boat are you going to get on? Let's all stand. Which boat are you going to get on? I don't know about you, I choose to believe. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I choose to believe His Word. Hallelujah, I walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. I just want to read one more verse. And they're going to sing and we're going to worship the Lord here for a moment. We're going, to, we're going to slay some giants. How many ready to slay some giants? The giant of fear in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11 is the, is the, the, the faith hall of fame, if you will. But, ver, but chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets us. The Bible says that, that we do that's not of faith is sin. I believe that is the snare that easily ensnares us is fear and doubt. Because what's not of faith is sin. That's, you say, well, that's kind of a hard word. Well, you know, all we have to do is say, God, forgive me. I'm, I choose to get on the faith boat. I choose to believe the Lord today. Lord, forgive me of doubting you. Forgive me, oh God, and, and all my fears, oh God. Hallelujah. You're looking at a person here. I, I'm not talking down here. I've, I've struggled with fear all of my life, but I've made a decision. <laughs> And I made it a while ago. I am going to walk by faith and not by sight. And people can make fun of me. And people can accuse me and do whatever they want to do. But I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Because I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please God. Come on. You're here to please God. Hallelujah. And the only way that I know to please Him is not by my good, uh, good uh, manners. It's by faith in Him and only in Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Sing. I want you to worship the Lord. And I want you to say to your mountains, be removed, be cast in the sea. I want you to say to your fears, get out of here. I want you to picture yourself stationed in your pea patch and say, devil, you're not going to steal from me any longer in the name of Jesus. Come on, can we do that? <laughs>